So how is everyone today? We didn't get very much excitement out there. I think everybody's starting to pass around those uh, fall time uh, little sniffles and coughs and sucks your energy right out of it, doesn't you? Well, today we will be finishing uh, our series in the book of Ruth. Um, As we turn to the fourth chapter, I kind of want to make an observation. So, So let's retell the story so far. We've got Naomi and her husband, Imelech, travel to Moab because there was a famine in the, in the Holy Land in Bethlehem where they lived. They gave up their own farmlands in seek of a better opportunity. But that better opportunity came with more misfortune as both her husband and her two sons die. She is only left with two daughter-in-laws and they are from the area of Moab. And she begs them to leave her, to go back, be with her family, maybe that her family can provide for her, because she knows she is utterly destroyed. She has nothing left, no more providers, no more source of income. She has nothing to offer these two women. One of them does, but her daughter, daughter-in-law Ruth, she pledges that she will go wherever she goes, die wherever she dies, and, and you know how the story goes. Well, the story changes from Naomi to Ruth, the name of our book. And it is Ruth's story from here for uh, the next couple of pages. And so Ruth goes out the next morning after they have traveled back to Bethlehem just to glean from a farmer's field. And it just so happens to be Boaz. And you know how the story goes. Uh, Boaz basically says, I've offered my protection over you. Glean from my fields. Go to no other Um, She goes back, tells her mother-in-law everything that happened. Her mother-in-law hatches a plan, so Boaz will take notice of her. She goes to the threshing floor. Um, Boaz is now smitten with Ruth. He goes to the trouble of arranging all the business requirements to redeem this young woman and her mother-in-law, to purchase the land and all this kind of stuff, and to marry. And we know that starting in chapter 4, Uh, the marriage union is blessed with a child. And so we start off in verse 14 today. It says, Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a Redeemer, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you who is more than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her nap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Man, isn't that a great way to recap this story? If you try to retell the story using ours, you can say this is a story of romance. It is a story of redemption. And it's also a story of restoration. For that's what we see here. But it's really not the story of Ruth, is it? It is the story of Naomi. This harkens back, this scene, to chapter 1, verse, starting in the end of verse 19, or verse 20. And the women said to her, or she said to the women, Do not call me Naomi, but call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. 
I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Nice little package here. Interaction between Naomi and the women of Bethlehem. For this is a story of loss, but it is a story of restoration. It is a story that needs to be retold generation after generation because we see ourselves in this very story. We can put ourselves in the place of the young woman Ruth and have been placed before her the path of choices. We're not sure of the outcome of the choices that we make, but we know that there is a future. And she pledges herself to Naomi, but also to the God of Israel, to our God, to Jesus Christ. And she knows that the path that she has chosen will lead her in a direction that is she is unsure. But she knows in the very moment it is the path set out before her. And that is a story that leads to Obed, the son, to Jesse, to David. And from David all the way down through the generations to Jesus Christ. You know, it is a common expression that I've heard recently. It's been in politics, it's been in conversations. But there is a, it's a question. It asks you, well, what side of history do you want to be on? And if you're on the progressive leaning side, then it's like, do you, you not want to change those old traditional ways and be with the progressives and, and be part of this new generation that brings in this new era? Or do you want to stand firm in your convictions? Do you want to put your feet planted on the historical foundations and stand by them? And when this heresy passes, do you want to be considered over there? So which side of history do you want to be on? The story of Naomi is the story of Ruth. They're all interconnected. They are told as one thing. They are told as romance and redemption and restoration. But it's also told with the eye on the past and an eye set to the future. But right now we are in the presence. And God is leading these two to somewhere where they don't know where they're going. But he has a plan. His providence is all around this relationship of a mother and a daughter-in-law. Because he has a future not just for them, but one that will touch generations. Will touch thousands of people. Because it is part of God's romance between him and us. It is drawing us into this love story that God has started from the beginning of time. And it calls all of us to participate. To see that he has something far greater than ourselves. He has something bigger than we can ever imagine. And he wants you to be part of that story. If you, in the beginning of the story, are like Naomi... And you can only see the bitterness. You can only see the troubles that lay all around you. And you close the doors. You close the doors of your heart for a love that is there. You may just miss out. And you may know somebody like that in your life. You may be in a relationship with somebody like that today. It may be a family member or a friend who for whatever circumstances in life... And don't let me belittle the circumstances because there are some that will truly hurt and injure your heart. 
But there are some that were like Naomi, that only could see bitterness, could not see a future for herself. It took an outsider. And in this story, it took a true outsider, a foreigner, a daughter of Moab, that sacrilegious kind of place, that historical place of incest and all this kind of stuff, those people that you just don't like. It took this foreigner to bring a blessing to her heart. So what part of the story are you in? Are you that young person who has an opportunity to live by her convictions, to stand strong in her faith, and to follow God no matter what trouble may come? She did have a better outcome if she would have stayed and let her mother-in-law go. She was at the right age to be reunited with a new husband to provide a new offspring. Because if we look at marriage in our eyes, that is not what we see here. Because that is a different culture, a different time. Marriage in this day, in the day of Ruth and Boaz and Naomi, was one about producing children. It wasn't about companionship for life. It was about arrangement to continue the lineage of your family name. It was almost a business deal. Now, there were the romantic love that we see in relationships today, but that really wasn't the purpose of marriage. If you were barren, you had to find a surrogate to carry on that line. Think of the story of Abraham and Sarah. If your husband died and you had not produced a son, you were not really a part of the family until you produced that male heir. That is when a woman was truly part of the new clan that she participated in. And so if we read this story with our romantic comedy picture that we watch on movies and all this kind of stuff, we miss it. Because for Naomi and Ruth, without a son, they were both left with nothing. Ruth could have returned home, started from scratch. She was young enough to do that. But she didn't. She threw all that opportunity away. To go with Naomi. Someone who really couldn't offer her a future. So we see as we look at this story. We see that the future is full of uncertainties. We don't know how God is going to work through the present situation. But this is also a story that gives us a picture of the past, the present, and the future all together. Because as we read this story, we know that God was involved in it the whole time. Even though through tragedy, he was working. He brought in an outsider to prove that it wasn't just this lineage of the Israelites, these chosen people that was about to bless the nations, but this outsider who became a part of the lineage of King David, the greatest king of Israel, but was also the lineage of Jesus Christ, who was the greatest savior of the world. Because even in death, he would reign victorious. There have been other great kings like David and Solomon. And you just named some out of the books of history. They lived a life and they died. And their impact was over except in memory. Jesus Christ lived a life and he was crucified to pay the burden that we could not pay. The sins that we put upon his back. And when he died, he did as a sacrifice for you so that you may live holy in the presence of a holy God. 
but it was in his resurrection that we gained our victory. Because this world is not finite anymore for those who call on the blood of the Lamb. It is infinitely larger than ourselves. It brings us into the story of those like Naomi and Ruth. But it also takes our lives and plants them in the story of the generations that will come after us. I don't know the time or the place that Jesus Christ will return. But I watch the news. I watch the happenings around our globe. And I know that day is approaching quicker than we can ever imagine. It may be in our lifetime that Jesus calls an end to this world. And he comes and collects those who are faithful to be with him in glory. It could be our grandkids, our great-grandkids, or our great-great-great-grandkids generation that Jesus calls home. But one thing I do know is this is that if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He is calling us into a story that expands further than our own lives. It brings us into the lives of Naomi and Ruth and all those other great examples of the faith. Just look in your own family tree. I can look back into mine. I once had a project where I had to do a genealogy of my family tree. Of course, I had a grandfather that told me, son, now you don't want to know too much of what's back there. And he's right. I mean, we got everything from alcoholics and preachers all mixed in there together. One thing when you look about your genealogy, you know where you came from. And one thing I was blessed in is I came from a family of believers. Maybe not all of them. But enough of them. I came from a grandfather who was a rough construction worker. Who back in the day where you didn't have quite as much oversight from the government. You could kick a shovel out from somebody, up, out from somebody fire them, and move on about it. No one would blink an eye. I loved working for my, my dad's business when I was a, a teenager. Because they got to share all the, the war stories of my grandfather and my father back in their, their younger days. So we had some old guys that had been around for 30, 40 years. You don't see that kind of loyalty today, but it was back then. And these saints that I've built up in my head, they weren't perfect. They could be callous. They could be cruel. But they had a faith in Jesus that forgave them of their sins. And they had a faith that brought them to their knees to pray for those that would come after them. My grandfather is in glory. But I know this for a fact. I know that he prayed for me. He prayed for me in my life so that I may find God's will. That I may be a part of a plan that is far greater than us. I have a mother and dad who do the same. I get text messages from my dad every Sunday morning that he's praying for me today. He has done that for a long time now. We don't have the advantage of living in the same neighborhoods, but we can stay in touch that way. And it is the power of prayer that unites us in a family that is far bigger than our own. Because there is a future far greater than us. 
And if we retreat into our shells and we only see bitterness, we cannot be a part of that future. But as the story of Ruth goes on and how God blessed that union between her and Boaz and brought restoration to Naomi, we find out this. That Naomi came out of that shell because she was restored. She was brought back to a faithful living. Her physical needs had been met because God had a plan. And the women who were introduced to her as she returned to Bethlehem, they may have agreed with her. She was brought back with nothing. But now they celebrate with her because this daughter-in-law, this Ruth, was far better than any son. Seven sons. We may not get that today, but in this day, those words were powerful. Because this daughter-in-law provided more than any son ever could. She provided faith, loyalty, service. And because of that, God blessed them with a son. They named him Obed which means servant. Because this son would be a servant to Naomi and care for her in her old age. God has called us into a plan and he sent his servant, Jesus, his only son, to earth so that we all may take part in the family of God. We, may, we were once an enemy of the cross because of our sins and our separation. But now we have been made whole through that servant, Jesus. That son of David. That son of Jesse. That son of Obed. Who was fathered by Boaz and Ruth. Where are you at in God's story? Because one thing is for sure. If you are here today and you are breathing. God has made you for a very special purpose. It may not be your generation that it will come to pass, but your life will be drawn into a story that is far greater than you can know. And as long as you remain faithful and you let the love of Jesus Christ tear down the bitterness in your heart and allow him to use you, you can only imagine, as the song goes, what he has in store for you. only imagine please join with me in a word of prayer our good and gracious heavenly father we are thankful for today we are thankful for this story that you have given us this beautiful love story the story of romance and restoration and redemption one that calls us to read time and time again because it is a story that you have for us for your love seeks us down when we've closed our heart in bitterness and strife. For it is your love that softens us, that brings us back to purpose. For you have created us for a very special purpose, even though we may not see it. As long as we follow the path that you have laid before us, you can do great things with our life. It's in your name we pray. Amen.